This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. Welcome to this edition of Minding Your Business. I'm your host, Peter Lamont, and today I'll be discussing pre-employment screening procedures with my guest, Laura Connolly. I'm sorry, Colony. I said I would not make that mistake, but I did it anyway. Uh, Laura is the Accounting and Human Resource Manager at ANS Distributing, Inc. If you'd like to ask a question or comment on any portion of our discussion, please feel free to call into our switchboard. Uh, the number is 347-855-8831. We try to get to as many calls as possible, so please be patient if you're on hold. Um, before we begin, I want to remind our audience that this broadcast is a service of the law offices of Peter J. Lamont and that none of the information provided on today's broadcast constitutes legal advice, nor does it create an attorney-client relationship. Uh, now I'd like to welcome to the program Laura. Laura, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you. Uh, can you give us a little information about your background before we get into the, the heart of the discussion? Yes. Uh, I've been working in accounting and human resources for just over 25 years and mostly for small growing businesses. And most small growing businesses don't have the capability or they're not at a point to have a full-time HR. So that's how I got into it. My expertise is in startup turnaround and growth situations. And because growing businesses are constantly evolving and changing, my experience is in the change management of being able to manage people to grow. And hiring is such an expensive part of it uh, that we've developed very specific yet general hiring standards to make the growth transition much smoother. Okay. Now, today we're going to talk about some of these uh, these procedures that, that you yourself have developed and utilized, um, mm -hmm. and in general, what companies of any size should be focusing on with respect to pre-screening of employees. I mean, you, you said it right off the bat that it's a very expensive process. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not just expensive from a, a, a monetary standpoint, but it's expensive in the amount of time and resources that you spend on training prospective employees uh, and, and you know the the real investment that you make in them, only to find out three to six, seven months later they're not what you need, then you have to repeat the process. So uh, let's talk a little bit about pre-screening. We're dealing with companies that uh, don't have large human resources departments where everything is outsourced and they just have to worry about you know, telling HR, hey, we need more people. Mm -hmm. We're dealing with mid-sized companies and smaller businesses that don't have the finances uh, or the resources to have this department. And you know, for them, they need to understand what exactly 
should they be focusing on with pre-screening of employees? How do they do it? What should they be focusing on? And what's the benefit of it? And what's the, you know, the detriment to not doing it? Well, hiring anyone is a really large investment, short-term and long-term. So what are you going to do to ensure that you make the best investment? And fortunately, in the last five years, we've seen the cost of doing some of this really go down and with the Internet and the availability of a lot of uh, businesses that do um, specialize in background checking and drug testing and stuff like that. Um, and you, you have your traditional screening, which is your interviews, your calling on references, but you can take it a step further nowadays a lot easier, which gives you the ability to get a better picture, a more well-rounded picture of someone you're going to hire. And I think that's what you have to look at. What size should you be? It depends. I think it depends on your industry, what you're looking for, and what kind of uh, – you're not going to get any guarantees, but you're going to get a better feeling if you use more techniques in the hiring process. Even if it's a referral, I recommend doing having a standard set that you do, even if you're one person and you're looking to grow. Uh, again, it depends on your business. Uh, someone that's doing a lot of customer service out in the field that might be an owner-operator is going to hire somebody that's going to be interacting with customers. You want to make sure what you're hiring is going to fit what your model is. That would be the basic. So you really need to look at what you want to achieve from it and what's going to fit best in your industry. And this is Stuff that can be done fairly cheaply considering what it used to cost 20 years ago. And I really highly recommend looking into it and doing it just, I don't think it's something that you do to say, okay, I don't like this, I'm not going to hire this person because of this one thing. I think you have to look at the overall picture especially if you're doing background checking because we're in a different economy, a lot of things change. But we do background checking and we test for criminal backgrounds, we test for driver's license, and we test, uh, test for credit checks. And the driver's license is very important because if they do any driving for your company at all uh, and they don't have a good driving record, then your insurance company won't cover them. And that's why we do it, because we need to make sure they're insurable if they need to drive one of our trucks uh, or even if they're driving their, their own car on company time. So there's a lot of factors that we include in that. Drug testing is a little bit different as a screening technique. We do the basic pre-employment testing because we want to make sure we have a drug-free environment. And, uh, and I know that some medium to large companies, they, you know, if you have any government contracts, they require a drug-free environment as well. But I think it makes it a little easier to uh, find people that might have the values you have as well on any pre-screening you do. And that's what I recommend to all our managers when they're looking for someone. Uh, they say, oh, I like this person or whatever. But then we go into, all right, we've got the interview, which I consider a pre-screening technique. Uh, we have the background check. We have the drug tests. And then we can go from there. And we've had some interesting things occur from that. And uh, what do you do? Let's say 
something has come back positive on a drug test. And, and we've had that. And when you're dealing with equipment, do you want somebody that might have an issue driving equipment, driving up your potential liability? We don't want that. But we do offer a second chance to take that test. And if they are good on that, then we're good to go. Because we, I don't believe that a first time is always necessarily correct. There sometimes are issues. And if they're taking any other kind of medication, which has been the case, that can skew the test and allows for uh, us to, okay, we'll retake it. And what we offer is if you retake the test and you pass, we'll pay for it. If you retake the test and you don't pass, then you have to pay for it. And most people, actually, I have not seen one that has turned that down. So it's it, it protects us as well as the employee, and I think, or potential applicant. So um, that really helps us to uh, find a good team player, and, and that's what we're looking for that has the same goals as us. So we don't look at just one aspect. We consider everything from the resume to the interview to the background checks to the drug test and any other thing that occurs, I mean, we'll look at social media as well to see how they're going to fit in with the group because you really want to look for someone that's going to be a part of the team because that's what's going to help you grow. If you don't take that time to do that, it can hurt your growth. I've seen it happen. Okay, that's that's absolutely true. Um, let's, if you would, let's break this down a little bit. Let's okay. take this on a step-by-step journey. Um, from the resume. So all of these these techniques, the resume, the interview, the testing, the social media, that really constitutes pre-screening. Yes. And, you know, is, is it your opinion that every company of every size should be doing this one way or another? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what you had said earlier really makes a lot of sense, which is you're not just looking to hire somebody to fill a vacancy, but you're looking for a team player. Mm-hmm. And that person that you're bringing into your organization is going to represent you, your product, your services, and your reputation. So it makes sense to put the time in to find the right fit, not just to fill a vacancy. Would right. you agree with that? Oh, yes. All right. So going back to this idea of, of walking through this step by step, you get a resume in, and what do you do when you see the resume for the first time? I look for skill set because that's pretty much all you're going to really see from a resume is a skill set. And uh, I look for, depending on the position, I look for certain other things. How did they say certain stuff? I'm, so I'm looking for skill sets at that point. And then I'll look a little bit beyond to see if they have the capabilities based on their prior positions. Because I you, I don't think you can tell much more than that because you really want to meet someone because you don't know if they've had the resume professionally done, if they're really good at presenting themselves on paper. Uh, so it's just step one, part one of a very comprehensive look at somebody. Now, when you're looking at a resume, is there anything that would turn you off from taking that next step and getting to the interview based upon, you know, because a lot of people put effort into the formatting of their resume and whether or not they should have an introduction or this or that or the way that it's set up. Does that matter 
to you when you're you're at this level, or are you primarily just looking for their skills, not so much the way that the resume itself is laid out? I think the way the resume uh, is laid out can play a part, but I think sometimes you need to look beyond that. Again, it depends on the position. Uh, we just did a hiring of um, and, and had 600 applicants for a sales position, and we saw resumes that were very poorly presented. And for the sales position, do I really want somebody that can't even present themselves to present our company? Not really. So we're going to look at a few different things depending on the position we're hiring for. Okay, so that's important for for people, um, you know, both resume writers and those who are screening them. You know, you can tell something about somebody based upon, I guess, their their level of organization in the mm-hmm. resume, um, their their grammar and spelling. So that would all be something that that would would you know alert you that this might not be worthy of moving forward. Right? Correct. Correct. Okay, so now after you've identified potential candidates that you want to bring back for an interview, what what is the next step in your process? Well, I believe that the managers of the departments should do the interview because it's their department, it's that person they're going to bring in that's going to make them look good or not good. And so they will pick who they think is good, I'll make recommendations, and then they will schedule their interviews or have me schedule them, and they'll bring them in for a face-to-face interview at that time. All right. Now, is there a particular set of questions that are, you know, are standard questions that you ask? How do you run your, your initial interviews? I know that there are some professionals that you know, ask very specific questions, mm-hmm. and there are some questions that might be you know, somewhat esoteric in nature you know where do you see yourself in five years and a lot of these um you know cliche type uh, questions what what do you do or what do you recommend for the initial interview as far as questioning this applicant well i consider that there are different types of interviews you have the interviewees that answer what you want to hear and that's what you really want to get through and so i will usually start out with Typical interview questions, greatest strengths, greatest weaknesses, describe your work style five years from now. What I like to do is, um, after I've started with some standard questions, uh, periodically I will throw in what I call a zinger. And those are something that they might not be anticipating, like, what will you do if you don't get this position? Something that might, they're, they're going along on a, a, ra- a rail and they think everything's going well and then you throw something that's off of the general script and it makes them stop and think and I can usually tell how are they going to act in different situations from their response to the question how are they going to think about it are they going to just blurt out something or are they all going to say oh that's a different question uh, let me think about it and, and answer that or just different Zingers, what do you do if you disagree with your boss? Another one I use is, do you listen? Give me an example of when you did listen and when you didn't listen. And uh, and another one that I like to use, because I'll mix up 
typical questions with behavioral type. Give me an example about a time when you shared a coworker's or supervisor's achievements because it tells me a lot about where the person is coming from, and that's what I want to find because I'm looking for a team member that's going to fit in and enhance the team. Okay, so you're really doing some some Sherlock Holmes-type work when you're asking these questions. You're not just getting the questions out, hearing the answers. You're analyzing the people's reaction, the way that they're presenting themselves and answering the questions, you know, equally with what their responses are. So you're actually doing some you know, delving into who these people are based upon your, your observations of them. Is that Correct. fair? Correct. Without getting too personal, I don't think getting personal is professional, but that's just my opinion. So this is, this is something that I think a lot of people overlook as a pre-screening technique. They'll have an interview, they'll look at the person, they'll look at the way that they're dressed, or they'll look at the... Um, you know, uh, the watch that they're wearing or the shoes they're wearing, and then they'll sit them down and ask the questions. But your strategy of, of kind of interrupting the the routine and mm-hmm. asking questions where you're going to start seeing that person's personality, mm-hmm. I think is a really good approach because somebody could be an excellent test taker or interview, uh, you know, um, preparer, and then they're they're here and they're ready to go. With, they know what you're going to ask and you throw something that is not expected, and now you're seeing who that person really is. Correct. So that's a really good uh, a good technique and a good recommendation that people, I think, should definitely use. Because I think that people kind of forget that the interview itself is part of the pre-screening process. Mm-hmm. Now, it is. Mm-hmm. Now, when you, you speak with these people, you mentioned something that I think is important. You said you don't want to get too personal. Mm-hmm. Now, why is that? Well, because if it's a business, to me, business is business and personal is personal. Now, sometimes the two are going to intertwine to some degree because people spend a lot of their lives at work. But I want to generate that this is how we operate on a very professional level, and that way I can create the kind of environment that is professional. And if I start getting nosy or personal, then I'm allowing that into the situation. It's going to come in. I realize that. But if I want to start it off right, I want to stay as business and professional as I can so that it actually makes it a lot easier to manage. I understand we we want a family environment, but I think people have different definitions of what family is. So I'm just trying to keep it on a professional level. That's basically all it is. Okay. Now, in conjunction with that, there certainly are also legal implications Mm -hmm. uh, if you start questioning people about, you know, certain information that you probably shouldn't be. Right. Are, are, you know, are you married? Are you, Mm um, do you have children? How old are your children? Do you need medical benefits? Are you getting it through the state? Whatever the case may be, but there are some topics that really are off limits. Mm-hmm. You know, if if that person is right for your organization, you'll eventually learn them. But they're, you know, from a legal standpoint, there are some some guidelines you need to follow so you don't get yourself in trouble. Right, above and beyond that, though, too. Right. Now, what do you do when you've got somebody that comes in, sits down, and volunteers? 
all of their life's history to you. They tell you about their divorce. They tell you about you know, all this information. What do you do with that? And, and do you try to direct them back to you know, where you want to take them? Well, yes, I generally will because it's been my experience that somebody that is that open about their personal life is going to bring that into the office. And I can find that generally very disruptive. So I'm not going to like to hear that uh, because it's business. Now, once you get a team going, they start really getting involved. And, And we do things outside of work. We have a morale team here, and we do a lot of events, but we're all very professional. We know what those limits are. Somebody that does that, in my opinion, is exceeding those limits, And I understand you want to fit in, but this is where I think we get a little caught up in what is the meaning of diversity in an environment. Um, And diversity is you should respect each other's uh, lives, period, whatever that life is. But I also think you want some commonality, and you can create that commonality through a professional environment. And that's what I try to do in my department and uh, with what we're doing here. So really, that's not something I really would appreciate. Some people might like that. That's not for me. Right, right. Um, Now, once you get past the initial set of questions, Mm -hmm. uh, is, is that the point where you're talking salary with them, or do you wait and bring them back for a second interview? How, how does that work with you? Uh, I, it depends a lot on how the interview goes. Uh, if it's somebody we would be interested in, then I think, you know, we can sit here and we can kind of jump around issues, but the bottom line is if somebody is interested in your job, they might have another position they're looking at, and they're going to want to know the bottom line. I mean, we can't kid ourselves. People want to know, what am I going to get paid and what are the benefits? And that's what they're going to base their decision on. Uh, Yes, you have some people that they really want to work in a good environment and they have all this other stuff, but right now they want that stability and they want to know what they have that they can work with because they have bills to pay, et cetera, et cetera. And so I'm going to generally offer our benefit package and give them some a little bit of general yet somewhat detailed of what we offer because we do have an excellent package. And this is in hopes that if I find in a few weeks after the interviews are done that I want to be able to go back to this person, I've given them something to think about and hope for, hopefully. And that will make my offer more uh, a priority for them than something else they might be looking at. Okay, that makes sense. Now, one question that comes up very frequently is uh, with with respect to reference checking. Mm-hmm. So as part of pre-screening procedures, most often you'll find a resume that says, you know, references upon request. And I've heard a lot lately um, – you know, the comment being made, well, look, who is going to give a reference when that person is not going to say something wonderful about them? What's the point of checking the reference? Because I already know what they're going to say. They're going to say he or she's a great worker. What do you think about references, and what kind of value do you place on them? 
I don't place any value. And, and the reason is, in, in my experience, a couple of things. I had one where I, I always request supervisor, direct supervisor, because I don't want whoever they're giving me, only those, I would want the direct supervisor because I figure that's where I'll get the information. Unfortunately, I find it a waste of time because I can call the supervisor. Generally, they are not going to give me any information if that person is not worth referencing. And most companies now have policies where they won't do that. So additionally, one experience I had is I called the supervisor and gave a great reference. Thought, okay, and, and same with the other supervisors, and there was just two, three total that I had called. And then I brought the person on board, and after the fact, I found out that I was not talking to the direct supervisor, but a coworker who was a friend at that company and the other companies, and they were uh, actually a coworker acting as a supervisor. So I just am not thrilled with the reference technique at all. I think you can you can use it to bring in information on a well-rounded basis when you're making a decision, but I, I don't think that you're going to get good answers unless they are so good. Then, you know, if you say, would you rehire, some might say no comment, which you know they won't. Some will say, yes, I will. It really, you're not necessarily going to get a good reference unless it is a good from a direct supervisor. And right. that's that's a lot of the, the problem with that. So I, I'm not particularly a fan of references. So to me, it's a waste of time, especially if you're short on time. Right. Now, the other thing that's important is, is you know, the fact that there are legal obligations with what you can and can't say about somebody when, when you're, you know, being asked for, for references. Mm-hmm. So... You, you touched on it earlier that a lot of companies now have policies in place. The policies are, are in place to prevent liability and, and discrimination claims uh, from being brought against those companies for you know basically telling the truth the way they view it about a particular employee. Mm-hmm. So you might feel one way about an employee. She was lazy, you know, always late, but I think that people are very hesitant nowadays to convey that information to somebody seeking a reference for fear that they're going to get in some sort of legal trouble for saying it. So they don't. Right, exactly. And so, that's what drives a lot of the company policy. Right. And so now you're left with, as you said, you're going to get positive references. And beyond that, you know, unless you get that occasional maverick who says, you know, this person was awful. I'd never hire them, but just don't tell anybody I said that. You're not really going to get much out of out of a reference, right? Exactly. So, and, and that was, you know, really, if if you go back ten, fifteen, twenty years, reference checking was something that was was pretty prevalent. I mean, a lot of people were checking references, whether it was from a large, um, you know, grocery store type chain or a small mom and pop shop. People were asking for references. When do you think that changed? Technology. All right. Now, that brings us to an important point. Mm -hmm. So if you've done the interview, you've done the screening of the resume, you've brought them in, you've asked them the questions, you like them, Mm -hmm. what happens now? If you're not going to check their references, you mentioned technology, what do you do next to to further the process? Well, we will issue an offer and base it on passing a background check and a drug screening check. And that that will 
then so then we we issue a release statement that they sign and then we go forward with that generally we would hope by all of our other pre-screening techniques that we've gotten to a point where we understand we we think that they're going to be fine through that process uh through you know going through social media or however you want to look at it whatever techniques you're using and at that point, we get that scheduled, and once that is taken care of, then we'll bring them on board. Now, we we do have people that will come on and, and have some credit issues or driving issues, and we don't look at that and say, absolutely not, we're not going to hire that person, because we wouldn't have gotten this far if there weren't some interest. So we will look at it and and say, what do we need to do to make sure that this person can be successful and do better. And again, it depends on the position as well. So somebody that might have been in sales that we're hiring has an absolutely atrocious credit report doesn't necessarily mean they're bad at sales. And I think that this is something that's really important for people to really think about when hiring someone. Yes, sometimes it does mean they're just horrible at finances or whatever, but I think you have to look at the overall picture of the person because a lot of people have been hurting in this economy and these these things have happened to really good people. And I think it's very important to just take all of that into consideration when making your decision. I think you make a good point. I think that, you know, Taking each applicant on a case-by-case basis is important. One, to avoid discriminatory behavior, mm-hmm. or at least allegations of such behavior. And two, you, you said it. I mean, the economy is so bad that you see a lot of people in bad financial situations. It doesn't mean that they are mismanaging money or they're going to embezzle from your company. It means mm-hmm. that times are tough. Mm-hmm. So I think that the importance of evaluating somebody on a, a case-by-case basis can't be emphasized enough. Right. Um, I, I know that there are some companies that we've communicated with recently who have a blanket policy mm-hmm. where if your credit score comes back and you show a bankruptcy or a lot of um, you know accounts that you're not current on, they won't even consider you. And that uh-huh. seems to be somewhat short-sighted in this day and age. It is, because you're missing out on some potentially very good employees. Now, we talked a little bit about social media, and there, mm-hmm. there's this you know, point in your process between the job offer and the testing, the drug testing, uh, where it sounds like you might do a little additional investigation on a person and their background, and it seems to me that social media is, is what you were referring to. Do you do social media checks or general internet checks after you know you have brought somebody into the fold saying you're going to be offered this position? You've got to take these tests on the waiver. Do you do anything internet wise in between that period? Um, sometimes, and sometimes I actually do it before even calling to schedule an interview because I want to get an idea of a professional level of someone. Again, someone who's in sales. Um, if they don't have, for example, like a LinkedIn account, I'm going to question why wouldn't they do that because you want someone that is capable of networking that can raise your sales and meet your quotas. 
someone on a different level, if we're hiring for a warehouse person, it's going to be a little different. We're going to be looking at different aspects of that person. And so we'll look at them once we interview to see, well, I do, to see, okay, again, I'm not looking for anything specific. I'm looking to get a picture of what this individual, who this individual is, so that they can fit in. And also, it helps me personally to know how to manage them, what's going to work best, especially when you're dealing with different generations. I I think that in today's day and age, I think that doing an Internet search, a Google search or whatever mm-hmm. search engine you're using, mm-hmm. and a basic social media search is really critical because you can learn a lot about that person um, with, with really no cost to you at all. Correct. And I think that that's something that everyone should be doing, whether you're hiring one employee or ten. Now, I'm sure you're you're you know well versed in the social media laws that are are developing. Um, last year, the beginning of the year, there were a lot of companies who were asking potential employees for their social media login information: Facebook, Twitter, uh, Google Plus. They you know said that as part of the the job screening, we need your login and password, and they were doing that to try to. Uh, determine what sort of character the applicant had, were there a lot of drunken bar photos or, you know, I I cut out of work early to go to the beach kind of posts. And people became very angry with that and were complaining, and it it really launched this this new um, era of legal decisions surrounding an employer's right or ability to ask an applicant for social media login information. And so it started off small with one or two states saying that's illegal, you cannot do that, Um, and now it's really spreading rapidly. And I think that by the end of the year, all of the states will have laws on the books that prohibit an employer from seeking that information. Now, what's important here, though, is that, A, if the employee offers the information without requesting, that does not appear as of today to violate any laws on the books. But more importantly, I think that you can do screening procedures without asking for social media login because a lot of the social media programs today, for some reason, even though there are security settings, people either don't know how to utilize them they're not properly secure, or you can see some information. And that's not unlawful either. If you do a general search, whatever information that you come up with on the Internet, that's fair game. It's just when you, um, you know, deliberately require someone to provide you with that information so you can screen them. In your uh, experience with social media and the Internet, are you finding that there is a lot of content that is unsecured or available uh, on the Internet without having to go and, and ask anybody for a password or login? Yes, and, and I, I think to ask for a, a password or login is too personal, uh, and I think it's actually very rude because that tells me that you're hiring techniques and screening techniques aren't working if you have to go that far. Right. So those states that 
Uh, it's not illegal yet. It's certainly something that you would not recommend doing. No. Even if it was legal, I think you're trying to delve into a person, someone's personal life. And, and it goes against the grain of, I want your professional work ethic here, and we'll deal with personal things that pop up from time to time. But I found more issues when you have someone that wants to bring in so much personal stuff into an office. It's very disruptive, and I don't even want to go there from the beginning. Now, when you're looking at the Internet, are there certain things, because there is a line between your personal life and your your private life. Mm -hmm. Um, You are looking at people who might have vacation photos that are, are, you know, I'm I'm talking about things that are available to anybody who's searching them. Mm -hmm. What do you do if you see a candidate who you really liked, who interviewed well, who came across you know, excellent on paper, and then you do a search and you see um, you know, them partying and, and looking as if they were you know, intoxicated or just not acting in a manner that you would really want um, to associate with your company, but yet you know, you still think they're a good candidate. I mean, how do you balance that? Is there a way to say, well, look, maybe they were just having a party? How do you work that out in your mind? Uh, well, I think that uh, it wouldn't really get that far because there are usually signs up to that point at one point or another. But if it did and that was something that was seen, I think, again, you have to look at it in context with the overall screening that you've done people that's it's their personal life if it's something that looks like oh this person is going to be bringing that in every morning because they're out every night if you if that's the impression that they're trying to convey on say their facebook page is that what you want to hire yes it's going to play into your decision naturally but i really believe if you have the right screening techniques from the point of the resume up to the point of where you're looking them up, you're not going to go that far to making an offer uh, if if you find information that on a Facebook that is just not something conducive to what you want to bring into the team. Uh, so again, though, there's, there's a case-by-case analysis Correct. that you're doing, too, because you could see something that, seems to be harmless and, and, you know, a one-time event. But what you're basically saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that there's going to be a trail mm-hmm. of of behavior where you would say, well, this person hasn't exhibited any of what I saw in this one photograph, so maybe this is a one-time thing versus somebody where you have seen some sort of progression leading you away from, from them as a, you know, an, an applicant or, or a candidate. Right, right. And again, let's look. Let's say you're looking at someone who's a family person and you can see it from their Facebook. That's going to play a part in your decision, even if it's subconsciously. Uh, Depending on what you're looking for, what your corporate culture is, what your values are. Uh, Somebody who's out partying and that's all you see on their picture, well, you know, who knows if they're networking? It depends on what the, how bad the pictures are. I mean, if they're really bad, you're going to make a decision, I don't want to bring that in here. Yes, it's going to affect the decision at that point. I think everybody knows that. And somebody that that doesn't realize that is living under a rock. So have you, um, 
or do you believe that the old school reference checking has now been replaced by this social media checking? Um, I do think so because references can be canned or false. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So we've got a few minutes left, and before um, you know we end for today, I'd like to just kind of go over those procedures and and uh, the progression again, so that our listeners can can kind of understand what it is that you do with respect to the screening to help them make better choices with the applicants that are coming to them. Mm-hmm. So you start back at the resume process, mm-hmm. and you are looking again not just at what's written, but in the, the way it's written and the way it's presented to give you an initial indication as to whether or not this is somebody you even want to speak with. For that position. Right. And then after that, you'll bring them in, and you'll sit them down for the interview, and uh, you talked about throwing in those zinger questions, which is a real good technique to try to uncover who these people are. Um, it also helps sometimes when somebody's very nervous to kind of break the ice in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's another way that you you do it. And then, you know, you are, are looking at the person's behavior and tone and, and facial expressions and all that, that larger puzzle to determine if you're going to move forward. Correct. And then somewhere in there, either before or after you actually sit down with them, you're going to go and you're going to look on the Internet and you're going to see what sort of information is out there about that person. Right. And then that helps you drive your decision. So for small, mid-size, or large businesses, this is a good model that they can follow with respect to the proper pre-screening of an employee because the, the downside of not doing this what, in your opinion, Laura, what's the, the downside of not screening your employees? You don't really know what you're getting. You're rolling the die no matter what. So the more in investigating that you can do to get a well-rounded uh, amount of information to make your decision, the better investment you're going to make. Yeah, that's that's really, really true, and I think that with so many people in the job in the applicant pool today it's even more critical than it was you know a few years ago to really find what you're looking for by properly screening them and i think that this goes without saying but the first step in any sort of pre-screening or even considering hiring someone is you need to know what it is you're looking for first Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think that that's often overlooked but everything that you've talked about today uh, the analysis on a case-by-case basis of an applicant, it all deals with, well, what do I as a company need? Because that's going to drive my decision as to whether or not um, this applicant would fit into the particular position that I'm looking to fill. Correct. And that's right. the job, the write-up that you do for the ad for the position you're trying to hire. And that's where keywords come in if you want to be able to attract people that know how to look for it, where it's going to come up in a Google search if they're looking, but also to be really clear what you're looking for. uh, That will help minimize the number of resumes you get, so hopefully qualified people only will apply. Yep, absolutely. 
Laura, I'd like to thank you again for being our guest today. Uh, if you would like any more information on today's topic or have any suggestions for future program topics, you can give us a call at 973-949-3770. You can also email us at MYB Radio. That's Minding Your Business Radio. MYB Radio at Peter Lamont, P-E-T-E-R-L-A-M-O-N-T-E-S-Q.com. Laura, uh, we do have some questions that are pending, and we're unfortunately not going to be able to get to them today, but perhaps you'd be willing to come back another day and we can add, you know, ask, answer some of these questions that were asked? Would love to. All right, Laura, thank you very much, and I appreciate uh, the insight that you provided today. I think it uh, is excellent advice, and everyone should take that. Is there a way that people could get in touch with you? Do you have a, a Facebook page or a Twitter account if they want to have more information directly from you? Uh, yeah, they can contact me through my LinkedIn account, Laura C. I'm at ANS Distributing Inc. Or they can email me directly at Laura C. L A U R A C at ANS Distributing dot com. All right. Thank you again, and, and thank you all for joining us today. Laura, I will talk to you in the future because we've got uh, now over 15 questions. People uh, have, have all sorts of questions for you, and we'll get to that hopefully on another session. Super great. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Up to 70% off. That's right, at Court Furniture Clearance Center. Get up to 70% off new retail prices and choose from a wide variety of previously leased furniture and decor for your home or office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99, and more. All items are court certified, guaranteed, and in stock, ready for delivery or to take home today. Make the smart choice and visit one of our five locations in the DMV or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off.